Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Femi Abebefe, on vSEN, the sports betting network. It's a great day to be alive, and it's a great day to be a better. Welcome inside the VEASAN studios here at the Circa Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas. This is the Lombardi Line, presented by BetMGM, Femi Abebefe, Michael Lombardi out in the great state of New Jersey. Michael, we get a couple more preseason games tonight, baby. Preseason week one underway. How we doing? We're doing good. This is it. We're, got, we're on a routine now, Femi, and this is it. We're, we're in the routine program. You know, every week we get football. Don't complain about it. It's all oh, no. good football. Any football is good football from here on out. Yeah, and any football, you can bet on it as well. And, and there are bets. We'll get into our preseason bets coming up a little bit later on in the show. But we do have a fun show on I tap lo- for you I guys. love that. You've already made bets already. Oh, I mean, yeah. You're already ahead of the curve. Yeah. Oh, I, I have bets for tonight's games. I have a couple bets tomorrow. I got a bet for Saturday that I'm eyeing. Like, like, we're, like we're, we're just jumping into the pool. There's no dipping the toe in. None of that nonsense. We're jumping right in. I love it. I love it. Go. (laughs) Got to get ready for the season. We're we're less than a month away. All right. We do have a fun show, though, on tap for you guys over these next couple hours. Starting in 30 minutes from now, our buddy Will Hill, VEASAN contributor, will join us to see what Uh, Will has. He's got bets, I'm sure. Oh, he always has bets. We'll we'll, we'll talk to Will Hill about his bets a little bit in 30 minutes. Then at 1.15 Eastern, 10.15 West Coast time, (laughs) Mike Somich, professional handicapper, will be joining us. Talk about what he's betting, if he's attacking the preseason, what he's interested in, what futures bets that he's eyeing. We'll talk to Samich about that a little bit later. Then at 1.30 Eastern, 10.30 Pacific, the critically acclaimed Mike Palm, Circa VP of Operations, will come back on the show for Palm's Pressing 3, which is a Thursday staple here on the Lombardi Land. Michael, I know you're looking forward to that. Absolutely. I love Mike Palm's pressing threes. I love it. We'll get to get back on it. I've been off on Thursday, so I've missed them, so it's good to be back this week with them. There we go. So we have a lot of fun for you guys on the show. As always, make sure to tweet at us at VEASAN Live on Twitter, at M Lombardi NFL is where you can find Michael, at Femi Abebefe is where you can find B. But let's get right into it, Michael, because we do have yeah. two preseason games, like I mentioned, tonight. And the first one is in your old stomping grounds. Foxborough, the Houston Texans visiting the New England Patriots right now in the market. I'm seeing the Patriots are three-and-a-half-point underdogs. So home dog situation under the lights in in the preseason. Total sitting at 37. But just from a general standpoint, what should folks be looking forward to with these preseason games? Obviously, the storylines write themselves. We get Stroud, we get New England with the new offense with Billy O'Brien. But what should folks be looking for tonight? 
Well, I mean, you know, like I, I truly believe this. Individuals' numbers in preseason are meaningless. I mean, last year, uh, I think uh, Sam Ellinger was the leading passer of the preseason. Justin Fields was next. And then, you know, the leading rusher, God only knows what happened to him. He didn't make a team. And so, you know, but what you can learn from these games is have teams improved. For example, tonight, C.J. Stroud, a mobile quarterback, somebody who, you know, is going to could move around, run, going to get in that spread formation. How New England handles that? They were 0-4 against quarterbacks that run around. Lamar Jackson, you know, those kind of type movement. Justin Fields, they lost to last year. So how they handle that. Now, they're not game planning for it, but the athleticism and how some of these schemes are going to work within the framework. So you want to see that, and you want to see the defense of the Houston Texans. You know, they've changed. They're going to be a little bit different than they were last year. Still a one-gap scheme, but they'll play more cover three. They'll play more Seattle three. You know, they'll play some two like like D'Amico did in in uh, San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And then re- what offense are they running? Is, <clears throat> is C.J. going to be under center? You know, because Kyle Shanahan puts his quarterback under center, and the offensive coordinator, Slovic, is from the San Francisco scheme. So he's going to mm-hmm. be under center. So all those things kind of play into it, what we think. And I think you judge little sections of the team, not the entire game. Yeah, in terms of the betting side of things, over at DraftKings, this line is even ticked up to the Houston Texans now four-point favorites. Uh, Mike Reese, who covers the New England Patriots, does a good job over there for ESPN. He tweeted earlier this morning that Mac Jones is not expected to play. The starters will not play for the New England Patriots. So I think that's why you're seeing yeah. the market get interested here in Houston as we're still uh, about well, a handful of hours away from kickoff. I think what, it, what the Patriots will use this game for is their young players, right? Because next week, I don't know whether it's Tuesday or Wednesday, they're going to go to Green Bay. And they're going to practice against Green Bay. That's when the veterans are going to get the bulk of their work in that Green Bay practices. And then they practice against Tennessee. That's where their veterans are going to get the bulk of the work. These games are going to be for the young players, mm-hmm. how their young players look, you know, what the young players are capable of doing. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw a lot of Bailey Zappi and Trace McSorley tonight. Yeah, so it'll likely be Bailey Zappi getting the start. We'll obviously get some Trace McSorley. He started NFL games in the past. But on the Houston side of it, C.J. Stroud, my guess, plays a couple series, maybe three series or so. Maybe it's the first quarter. Then we'll get to see Davis Mills, who has started a number of games, has a lot of experience. And then Case Keenum, who started an NFC title game. He will be playing in the second half. So uh, that'll be the Houston Texans QB depth chart. But I I did want to ask you, though, Michael, about Mac Jones, not to derail this conversation about preseason games, but I don't know if you saw this, but a very popular NFL morning show was talking about Mac Jones today, and they said that it's do or die for Mac Jones. That He needs to win a playoff game this season. Like, win a playoff game, Mac Jones. What's going on? And I, I, I was watching that. I'm not a big Mac Jones fan, but even just watching that, I was like, all right, we're, we're missing a little bit of context here. Like, he's entering year three. Like, what are we? what's going on with Mac Jones needing to win a playoff game in 2023? I mean, like, Everybody wants to win a playoff game. I don't understand. Like, how does he need one for his career? More than anyone else. (laughs) Yeah, more more than Justin Fields. I mean, they came out in the same draft, right? More than Trey Lance, who came out in the same draft. He doesn't need to win a playoff game. I mean, come on. What does that mean? mean, What does that mean? I'll one-up you. More than Justin Herbert, who just signed a $260 million contract, who's with the yeah, to win a playoff game? Go. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, like, what, like does it mean? what are we talking about? <laughs> Where are we coming up with this stuff anyway? Like, I don't know. Mac Jones needs to get himself going and get his career to the where it was as a rookie, not where it was last year. That's more important than anything. And the Patriots need to figure out a way to win close games and play better in the red zone. 
Yeah. One of the things you look at, like tonight, you know, I don't care who's a quarterback, and we've talked about this before, like your problems in the preseason, if they're there, they're going to be problems of the regular season. You know, mm-hmm. last year, you know, the Denver Broncos with with uh, with uh, Nathaniel Hackett, 23 penalties in the preseason. The year before with Vic Fangio, they only had eight, right? Washington last preseason couldn't turn the ball over. Guess what happened in the regular season? They couldn't turn the ball over. Mm-hmm. So some of the problems that occur in the preseason, they manifest themselves into the season. And if you can't get them fixed, it becomes a real problem like tonight. I mean, the Patriots were not a good red zone. They were horrible on third down last year, and they were the worst red zone team in all of football. Think, And they won eight games. Yeah. They won eight games. They were the worst red zone team in football. They were 27th and third down. If they fix those two areas of this team, they'll be a playoff team. Yeah. And, and this season, they have a real offensive coordinator in Bill O'Brien now calling the plays. So you yeah, think that there's I mean, a little it, bit of upside it, there. That you got a chance. I mean, so – but they weren't, you know, they got to fix it on defense too, right? They were 22nd in the league in red zone defense, 21st and third down red zone. So they got to fix those things. And if they do, it starts tonight. They put a lot of emphasis in it in the preseason. We'll see how it works out. Yeah, and you wrote about this for VEASAN.com. We encourage everybody to go check it out. There's, it was one of your columns, your weekly column, talking about the preseason. <laughs> and here's a quote from your column, Michael. You said, quote, many people believe the preseason is meaningless. Records in the preseason might be meaningless, but how teams perform in certain situations can indicate future problems. And that's what you outlined there with the penalties for the Denver Broncos. They had a lot of them under Nathaniel Hackett last preseason. Guess what happened in the regular season? They had a lot of penalties. Like the commanders didn't get a lot of takeaways. Didn't have a lot of takeaways in the regular season. So it's like kind of those – it's almost like you're looking, like you said, like for just little like kind of fundamental things and little just kind of categories about, okay, like right. what's going to translate over to the regular season? Who cares what the score says? But it does matter what actually happens on the field. It does. And what you have to do is you got to really go through the stats, right? you got to look at the stats and you got to say, okay, here's – and you're trying to develop trends, right? Mm-hmm. So part of being a handicapper is being a detective. You're looking for clues. You're looking for some clues within the team. And remember, the teams are, you know, when, when you work for an NFL team, you're in the veterinarian business. The patient doesn't talk to you. So you've got to find out the trends. Okay, here's what's going on. Here's where the problems are. And does this continue? And then the head coach has to recognize it. And can he fix those problems? Can he get them straightened out? And maybe they can, maybe they can't. Maybe it's related to personnel. It's not related to scheme. Maybe it's related to scheme and not personnel. So that's what's got to happen. And that's why you really have to pay attention to the numbers of the preseason. You know, you say, well, there's, they're, they're playing guys that aren't going to play. Well, their schemes are going to be the same schemes, how they execute. For example, last year, the Giants, in the preseason, right, they mm-hmm. completed 105 passes. Doesn't sound like a lot, right? Three games, they completed 105 passes. The year before, with Joe Judge and Jason Garrett as the offensive coordinator, they completed 55. Oh, my gosh. Now, that's a huge – so that's a huge difference in terms of what does that tell us? Their execution was much better. They were more prepared with execution than they were the year before. And that's what we're looking for in the preseason. Yeah, I, I, that execution – because like you mentioned – Daniel Jones wasn't the one that completed all 105 of those passes. No. Like, it was a bunch of different quarterbacks, but the execution of the scheme was there, and that's something that they had been working on all throughout training camp. And then we saw it 
come to fruition when the games actually mattered in the regular season, or at least the results mattered, Correct. I should say. And, and, and that's why you can't get caught up in the names. We say, well, it was Mike Lennon two years ago. Well, it didn't matter. It was who was it last year. It doesn't matter who's yeah. playing. Yeah, it was Davis Webb or whatever last year, and like they were still able to go ahead and do it and complete those passes. Uh, we also have a game in the Pacific Northwest, my old stomping grounds, between the Minnesota Vikings and the Seattle Seahawks. Seattle right now, three-and-a-half-point favorites, total of 35. We'll carry this into the next segment as well, but uh, what are you looking forward to? We get a couple of first-round rookies in this in this game here with uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba and then Jordan Addison. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I, it's going to be interesting to see what Seattle looks like. I would assume Drew Locke's going to play a lot more tonight, mm-hmm. you know, and see what he does. Uh you know, and Minnesota, I want to see what they look like defensively. What are they going to play? How are they going to play? I know they're not going to play their guys, but the framework of their team is going to be on display tonight. Now watch that in the preseason. That's something you need to watch. Brian Flores is now the defensive coordinator for the Minnesota Vikings. All right, we'll talk more preseason on the other side. Rolling along, it's the Lombardi line presented by BetMGM. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is... 
This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Femi Abebefe, on VSEN, the sports betting network. Attention BetMGM customers. Have a friend who loves sports as much as you do? Well, here's a chance for both of you to earn a $1,000 bonus when they sign up through BetMGM's Refer-A-Friend program. Just sign into your BetMGM account and click on the Refer-A-Friend program to send your friend a message inviting them to register a new account in the same state that you use BetMGM in. Once your friend signs up and makes a deposit, they'll receive a $100 bonus. And once your friend places a bet with that bonus and the wager is settled, you'll receive a $100 bonus as well. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 plus to wager. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus specs expire in 30 days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Massachusetts, Mississippi, and Nevada. Go ahead and earn that $100 bonus from our friends at BetMGM. This is the Lombardi Line. Femi Abebefe alongside Michael Lombardi. We thank Will Hill for joining us in the last segment. Will's got some preseason bets. He's got a bunch of NFL Week 1 bets. We'll have to pry more of those out of Will as we get closer to kickoff one month away to the day from the first Sunday. That first Sunday, Michael, whenever it hits, 10 a.m. West Coast time, 1 o'clock Eastern, I'm so goddamn overwhelmed because I'm not used to like my body's not conditioned to be taking in so much NFL football all at once. But but it's a great feeling, man. Like I'm already smiling just thinking about it because it, it's yeah. you, you get all the screens rolling, man. It's it's we're almost there, man. Yeah, we're getting close, and that that'll be a great weekend. You know, it's always good to start at Kansas City, Detroit. Detroit's practicing against the Giants this week, yeah. So get a good look at them, and then they play in that game. So. You know, there's a lot going on. I mean, there's a lot expected of Detroit. It's going to be interesting to see if they can handle it, if they get up to for the hype, you know. I mean, going into KC is no easy task, I could tell you that. Speaking of Detroit, I'm glad you mentioned that because we did earlier this week have a significant line move in that game with Detroit taking money. So it's, all the sevens are now gone. It's gone from seven to now six and a half. So the Chiefs six and a half point favorites. What do you make of that? Like, like People are really backing this Lions movement we haven't seen the preseason. God forbid they look great in the preseason. Maybe we start seeing sixes pop up. But, man, like the Lions are really – like the, the betting market well, likes this team a lot, at least in the early early going of this thing. I think if you look at the Lions over the last couple seasons, right, like in openers, if you go to the opener last year, they played Philly. They got behind Philly. They came, came back, and they lose by three. Mm-hmm. You know, the year before, they played San Francisco. Do you remember that game? Yep. They're – San Francisco gets the big lead. They come storming back, and it's a 41-33 game. So I, I do think I could see the seven was a, was a really good number to get in the game for Detroit. Because the other thing you have to factor in this is we lose sight of this is we know Kansas City's not a great cover team anyway, Yeah. right? Kansas City wins a lot of games, but they have not been an, a great cover team. So, you know, do I think Kansas City will win the game? Yeah, I do. Do I think they'll cover? No, I don't. Not at seven. Mm. I think the number seven got everybody involved. Yeah. Uh, Maybe this could be a situation to where, and we're getting ahead of ourselves since we're like less than a month away from this, but it's still a little bit ways away. Uh, Maybe it's a live wagering game. Like, like, let's say the the script plays out how it's played out the last couple of years for the Lions where the Niners got on them, the Eagles got on them. What if the Chiefs get on this team? It's not going to be a runaway because, like, the Lions, they they don't give up. Their coach, Dan Campbell, like, he says, hey, we got to go out balls to the wall and try hard and all that stuff. Maybe this is an in game to where if Kansas city is up by 
a couple possessions heading into halftime, you come back and bet Detroit the other side, knowing that they're going to at least make it a game and make it competitive. Yeah, I, I mean, I think you got to really figure out, can Detroit ever get control of the game? If you're in-game betting, you got to determine, can the other team that you want to bet ever get is in control of the game? So one of the things you want to do, if, if, you're, if the book is going to give you points in in-game betting, and you feel like your that team has control or could get control, that's a really good bet because mm-hmm. you might win the game and you got points. So I think you got to really play into that and see what what we have. I mean, look, last year Detroit when you you know, this kind of again, I think partly my fault too, you get into perception, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, last year Detroit in the preseason, if you just paid attention to them in the preseason, they got 70 first downs in 3 games. 70 first downs in three games. That's really – that means they moved the ball, right? Mm-hmm. They controlled the ball in preseason 33 minutes last year. Like, they were telling us their offensive scheme was good. I just wasn't paying attention. So, this year when I've gone back and looked at some of these teams and, like, okay, Detroit, they didn't start fast, but there, there was indicators in their preseason that told you that their offense had a chance to be pretty good. Yeah, and it was, and their offensive coordinator, Ben Johnson, is back once again, uh, which was a nice coup for them to keep him because his name was being uh, bandied about amongst the head coaching positions. I'm sure he'll probably get a head coaching job next year if they have a lot of success again in 2023. All right, let's get to news or noise here on the Lombardi line. And this first item happens to do with everyone's favorite team, the New York Jets. And this comes out of the Jets-Panthers joint practices. There has been a sense of frustration, Michael, from Aaron Rodgers after the offense has been a little bit spotty against this Carolina defense that is pretty good and probably underrated, I would say, on a national scale. So is this news or noise that there's a little bit of frustration with Rodgers and this offense now that they're going up against an opposition? Well, I think it's noise that they're frustrated. I mean, this is what's called training camp. Like, we're not (laughs) filming a Hollywood movie here. You're going to have issues. You're going to have to deal with them. And we know the Jets' offensive line isn't very good. And it's got to improve. So the news is the Jets got punched in the mouth. And the noise is is that, you know, like this is going to be a, a fork in the road. No, this is just a problem they got to deal with. And they've got to get better up front. And, and it's a mandate. If they're going to keep their quarterback and if they're going to win games with their quarterback, they've got to be able to protect them. And if the Panthers did a good job on them in this practice, it gives them an opportunity to get better. To go along with your point that you brought about how this is not a Disney script and not everything's just going to be, hey, we're going to the moon here, all success. Uh, Rogers was talked asked about like what kind of advice he gave to Bryce Young, and I thought this was really interesting. He said, "Be gentle with yourself." Quote: "It's a long journey. It feels like every little snap in practice is the end of the world if it doesn't go right. It's just not true. It's a long journey." And that goes along with what right. you said about, hey, like. Like, this is just training camp. We're going to struggle. We're going to have some practices that are bad practices, but we got to learn from it and not really just take it to heart and be down just because it didn't go the way we wanted it to go. Well, I mean, like, how do you get better if you don't struggle? Like, it's never just going easy. Like, there's no easy way to get there. You know, to climb to a top of a mountain, to win a championship, it's hard. It's really hard, and you've got to overcome so much, and you got to be embrace the challenges. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the one thing. I mean, Salah keeps saying that, you know, we're going to get there. Well, you got to brace, you, you got to have to get through some of the tough times. And you're the leader, and you're going to have to lead them through the tough times. Yeah. Got to get it through the mud. We'll see if they can do that. Uh, the next item Colts giving their running back, Jonathan Taylor, an excused absence to continue to rehab 
his ankle. News or noise? I think this is news. And, and here's why I think it's news. We talked about it on the GM Shuffle today. Look, they don't want to see his, his mopey face around their building. I mean, let's be honest. He's miserable. He's unhappy. He's not talking to anybody. He's acting different. Like, I said this to a friend of mine two weeks ago. The law of threes is plays out here. Anytime a guy wants to act this way, ignore him. And so what they did was they just eliminated it. They said, you go home. You know, we don't need you around our young players. We don't need you putting your cancer in this building. Now, we're not going to trade you, but we don't want you around. We don't want your attitude to infect on somebody else because you're not happy. Because you, even though you're under contract, you're not happy. Send them home. Let them do the rehab out of the building. It's the best thing that they could ever do. Yeah, especially when you have a first-year head coach in Shane Steichen that's trying to implement a program there. It's like you don't need somebody that's going to be out there being a negative. So uh, I, I, I agree with you. I think this is like an interesting item there for the Indianapolis Colts, and we'll see how it shakes out. Uh, the next headline, free agent running back Kareem Hunt leaves both Indianapolis and New Orleans without a contract. News or noise? Oh, I think this is news. And the reason it's news is because what player – Every player wants two teams wanting them. Mm-hmm. Everybody thinks there's eight teams after a free agent. If you get two, you're lucky. If you get three, you're really lucky. So he's got two that have come out and want to sign him. Now, will that change the contract? I don't know. But he's got two teams that want to sign him, and I'm sure he's probably taking a step back saying, is there anybody else out there that wants to sign me? So this is news. I mean, he's not ready to do a deal because he now knows he has interest and he could take a bad deal at any time. Mm-hmm. The last item also has to do with the running back. These running backs, man, they're staying in the headlines. John Harbaugh said, quote, it's up to J.K. Dobbins when he'll practice, hopefully soon. News or noise? Well, I mean, I think it's news because I don't know what J.K. Dobbins is trying to accomplish. I really don't. Like, somebody find out. Like, what is he trying to do? Does he want a new contract? Just say it. If you think you're deserving of a new contract, then say it. You're not, but just say it anyway. I mean, don't sugarcoat it. You're not practicing because you want a new contract? Say it. Yeah. He don't want to say it because he knows it affects his PR. Yeah. Or maybe he doesn't want to practice. <laughs> maybe that's also a thing. <laughs> Some of these guys training camp, they're like, ah, I, got a, I got a soft tissue injury. I'll see you in September. All right, that does it for hour number one. Hour number two, we'll talk about some NFL win totals and get the insights courtesy of our friends over at BetMGM. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. 
In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Femi Abebefe, on VSEN, the sports betting network. BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM Rewards points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like bonus bets and bet insurance tokens. Planning a trip to Vegas? You should. You can also convert your BetMGM points into MGM Rewards points that you can use towards dining, shows, and hotel rooms on over 20 MGM Resorts properties located on the Las Vegas Strip and nationwide. Sign up with BetMGM or log on today to get an even bigger piece of the action with BetMGM Rewards. Eligibility restrictions apply. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. New and existing customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire in seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, this is the final segment of the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. Femi Abebefe hanging out here in Las Vegas. Michael Lombardi out in New Jersey joining us not just for one segment, but for two segments in studio. Mike Palm, VP of Operations here at the Circle Resort and Casino. So without further ado, let's get to Palm's Pressing 3. A well-rested Pressing 3. Number one, Michael, <laughs> in the offseason, the Falcons had the opportunity to upgrade at the quarterback position. Derek Carr <clears throat> and Jimmy Garoppolo were both on the market. And it might not have taken much for Arthur Smith to reunite with Ryan Tannehill after the Titans traded up to get Will Levis. Yet Arthur Blank stood pat with Ritter, only replacing Marcus Mariota with Taylor Heineke. Is going all in on Dustin Ritter the right choice in a very winnable division? My answer to you is probably not. I I think to me, watching him in the four games that he started last year, you know, New Orleans, Baltimore, Arizona, and Tampa. Now he beats Arizona and he beats Tampa. I mean, at the end of the year, Tampa didn't play for anything. But what we saw in those four games, Mike, was a very reluctant quarterback to throw the ball. He wanted it to be open. He wanted it to be college. The Saturday game, guys are wide open. The Sunday game, no one's open. you got to fit the ball in. 
And Ritter would not do that. And so as much as their offense with that six-back attack that Mariota was running gave them some, you know, average 4-9 a carry and they rushed for 17 touchdowns, it, it limited them in the passing game. And I think to me, they're going to need an ability to play from behind to be able to craft a passing, a drop-back pass game. And I don't think Ritter can do that. I think he's too inconsistent, too inaccurate. And more than anything, I think he's too worried about making a mistake. You know, it's interesting. We were talking about this game earlier in the show, the Falcons and the Panthers. That's the week one game down there in Atlanta. And at DraftKings, the line got way up to three and a half and actually just went back down to three right now about 10 minutes ago. So it sounds like there's just there's this love for Ritter that I don't really see it. If, if you're going to give me three and a half, and I hope it comes back eventually between now and kickoff, like I'm going to bet the Panthers at that number. I know our guy Sean King was down on Ritter for his last two years at Cincinnati. And I tend to put a lot of stock into King's evaluation of college quarterbacks. All right, question two, Michael. Here at the pressing three, we believed that the Ravens parting ways was the best offensive coordinator ever to come out of Holy Spirit of Seekin. Greg Roman foretold Lamar Jackson's exodus as well. However, the COVID kid is back and interstage left new offensive coordinator, Tom uh, Todd Munkin. Munkin's offenses between the hedges on Lake Erie and at Raymond James haven't exactly featured smallish dual-threat quarterbacks. What can Munkin do to improve the Ravens' offense short of stealing the triple option from his big brother at West Point? What I think he must do, he must be able to get Lamar under center and utilize play-action pass. And understand, and this is the most important thing, understand Lamar is best throwing the ball inside the numbers. Lamar is not an outside nine-route thrower. He's an over-route thrower. He's an inside thrower. That's why his MVP season, Hayden Hurst and Mark Andrews were the leading receivers on the team. They want the ball in the middle of the field. For some reason, the Baltimore front office wants to create the mayors of Munchkin land, and they want to have these little receivers, which doesn't necessarily fit the quarterback. I think Munkin's got to be able to find a way to use that Holy Spirit running game, which is effective. Look, they average 5-2 a carry, you know, for whatever it is. And just for the record, so we know even though he missed all the games, Lamar was still the leading rusher of the Ravens last year. And so you got to figure out how do we utilize the some of the elements of that run game and how do we work the ball towards the middle of the field? They've got the great Odell Beckham. Zay Flowers is supposed to be the next great superstar in the NFL. I mean, Mark Andrews, likely the tight end. I mean, all the pieces are there if you read, if you believe what you read. I, I think Munkin's got a tough job ahead of him. I really do because the expectations for him are great. I've heard Action Jackson as a nickname for Lamar Jackson. I've not heard COVID kid. He said he had to read up about it after he got it the second time. I'll never get over that. The most ridiculous press yeah. conference I ever saw in my life. I'm going to have to read up about I mean, this. Think about the job Moncton just to accept it. The Ravens ran the football last year for 2,700 yards and 27 and change. They only threw it for 32 and change. Think about that. Munkin's There's specialty a 500 group. yard discrepancy. Yeah, Munkin's specialty group, he comes out as wide receivers, right? Before he becomes an OC. So, but what can you do with a wide receiver that a quarterback that can't get the ball to him? I also think Lamar has a hard time seeing when he turns to hand the ball off on play action. Well, you know that, it, but when you do play action, when you turn, there's a way to move him. Mm-hmm. The thing that makes him so effective is you've got to play him to run the ball all the time. You've got to be worried that he's going to take off. And if even if he fakes a handoff, 
even if he hands the ball off and he runs out to the other side, somebody's going to follow him out there. He's actually going to block somebody. So you got to find a way to keep that running game. That running game is, you know, that Holy Spirit attack was pretty good. Problem was there's no passing game. All right, Michael, question three. The unrepentant Amal Shaw and I used to have a segment on Nuts slash Odds On called Over or Out. The premise was to discuss whether a team would go over its market win total or would the coach be dismissed. To me, a prime candidate for this question is the Cleveland Browns. Their win total sits at nine and a half juice to the over or 10 juice to the under in the market. If the Browns don't win 10 games, is Kevin Stefanski out just three short years removed from his coach of the year award? I don't know how he keeps his job. There's nothing that, that says the Browns shouldn't win. Really? There's, I mean, they're really, let's just go through it. Their offensive line is one of the better lines in football, right? Amari Cooper, you may love him. You may hate him. He had nine touchdowns. He had a 15 yard average per catch. They've got a really good runner in Nick Chubb, the best running back in the league. The guy averaged five yards a carry, right? So they've got they got everything. And Joku, the tight end, you know, is really a good pass-receiving tight end. They can do anything you want. Good player there. All right, so now defensively they've added they've added Zadarius Smith on the outside. They've got a first-round buffet of corners back there. They've got a bunch of players they've drafted defensively in the early rounds. I don't know why they can't be. Now, last year they couldn't stop the run. I know Jim Schwartz will stop the run. That's the one thing his scheme can do is stop the run. It's hard to run the ball against those wide nines with those two techniques, with those two four tech, two two techniques inside. So it's challenging. So I, there's no more excuses. Now, if he continues to go for it on his own 25 on fourth and inches, that's up to him. But Stefanski's got his got to make it. He's got to be able to show that he's got ten wins and make the playoffs because there's no excuse. Somebody else would win with this team. Yeah, and we know the owner Jimmy Haslam is not going to be waiting around much longer for them to start to get a result there. But here's a follow up for you though, Michael. I've been meaning to ask you this: Do you think Watson is a good fit in Stefanski's offense? Because you know Watson likes to yeah. be in shotgun and all that stuff. Stefanski more of an under center play action. Do you think they're a good fit? I think it's a perfect fit. I think it's ideal. I think it's what he needs to be in. Now, I think the other part of the equation is the Browns are a little bit like the 76ers. They're very, very analytical. They don't want to do practice. They're not going to challenge their team. I think sometimes where I, I miss on the Browns is I don't think they're mentally tough. I don't think they have that physicality, that toughness that you need to have. And it shows. And, and they gave away way too many games last year, starting with the second game of the year. Can you imagine going on, you know, at the end of the year, you didn't make the playoffs or you finished in last place in the North because you let the Jets come back with Joe Flacco at quarterback? You're down, you're up 13, and, and he leads a comeback back because you blow a coverage and you can't get a first down? I mean, seriously. Yeah. That game took a lot of people out of Survivor last year in week number two. Speaking of Survivor, uh, where are we at with the signups? 25-24 in Survivor, 1382 in millions. Our analytics department behind the sports book here. Predicting over 10,000 Survivor entries, Michael. The guarantee is 8 million. Wow. And we have 2,400 right now? 2,500. Hey, I want to say something. I know your book's coming out soon about the Hall of Fame and the, the trees, the coaching, all. I can't wait for it. I just want to say, I thought NBC and NFL Network did a terrific job with the Hall of Fame ceremonies. One of the best ones I've in recent years, telling the stories during the games. Um, the DeMarcus Ware story with Parcells and yep. Jerry Jones was tremendous. Zach Thomas, that interview when the lights were out, mm-hmm. moved a lot of people to tears. I just thought the coverage was great. 
Yeah, it's always good to visit that. You know, those players, they have more stories than, than they actually people know about. And I hopefully my book will tell some of them as well. Football done right. Less than a month away. Make sure you get that wherever you get your books. That does it for this edition of the Lombardi Line. For Michael Lombardi, for Mike Palm, for our producer Elliot Bowman, and the entire crew behind the glass, we wish you all the best of luck. VEASAN Best Bets is coming up next here on The Sports Betting Network. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.